All right, hi, and welcome to Last Believer, a podcast about good riddance. Each week, I, Josh Lindley, he, him, and Dan Forsay, also he, him, listen to and talk about three songs by Santa Cruz, California punk band Good Riddance. This week, while seeing Russ, the singer, post studio updates from his upcoming solo project, we'll be talking about the songs The Same Mistake, Years From Now, and Libertine. It was almost like you were taking a shot there. While we saw him doing uh, updates for his solo album, we're going to be talking about the same mistake. But I know that's not what you meant. It was just funny timing. That is not what I was going for. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> um, yeah. So if there's other funny stuff that you hear that you want to make a weird connection to or you want to get in touch with us, um, send us an email at lastbeliever_pod at gmail.com. Uh, slide into those Instagram DMs at lastbeliever_pod um, or should you feel so inclined pop over at patreon.com slash last believer pod and you can send us a message there with a little uh little tip ski so that your pals can uh, cover some costs yeah dan's been dan's been fronting uh the cash for this podcast so far and uh let's see if we can uh at least get them to zero <laughs> <laughs> hey l- listen it's it, it is what it is um it's all for the fun of the game, you know? You know, like what would we be playing or what would we be paying to play in like, uh, you know, like a rec league hockey thing to do that for six months, you know? And is it the same as it costs to do the podcast? That's how I've been thinking of it. <laughs> What's a number that you would associate with what fun costs? That's what we're working on here <laughs> at Last Believer. That's a combo uh, <laughs> we probably shouldn't get into. <laughs> we also have a playlist if you're online. If you're either on Spotify or Apple Music, there is a playlist associated with the podcast to give you an idea of some of the stuff we're talking about. Obviously, Dan and I are going to have different points of reference than you might, uh, and we have different points of reference from each other. So we add songs based on what each other end up talking about throughout the course of the podcast. Check that out. Subscribe to those. Keep up to date. And also, we update those a week before the episodes come out, so you can sort of get like a taste of what's to come. And man, I'm talking about one specific band today that isn't Good Riddance that is definitely worth a taste. I might have one or two of those bands as well, actually. Um, I One thing I did want to just touch upon that I thought was kind of coincidental and funny um in your on your personal instagram sides you were uh, recently talking about when it's time to change shoes oh, as yeah. you are a runner yeah randomly here i am just sitting at home watching some music documentaries with my partner my foot's a little crooked and i'm leaning on it a bit like kind of on the side and i was like oh that kind of hurts i should stop doing that throughout the next day it gets worse and worse and sunday and monday i couldn't even walk and I was like, man, is it time that I changed my shoes? Like, what did I do to my arch? Uh, so yeah, I just thought that was coincidental and funny. Or maybe I'm just old and my foot hurts every now and again. And I can finally put a tiny bit of pressure on it. Wow. Yeah. That's a, that, I don't that know. took yeah. a turn. Wow. All right. Well, uh, hopefully you've got some proper arch support happening now. Well, I'm wearing Cortez's, but um, yeah, I was. This was also me kind of soliciting, like, when should I change my shoes? As oh, you've yeah. uh, taken some information from other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got I got a bunch of answers from that. Some from actual runners. Some people legitimately. It was funny. It's like there's levels. There's people who uh, run maybe at the same level I do, and say like between four and six hundred kilometers, depending on how often you're running, whatever, or sure. like four to six months. But then it was funny because someone I know who is like done triathlons and is like a legit runner, cyclist, actual athlete, not just a cosplaying athlete like I am. 
responded with, there is no correct answer for this. It depends on what kind of shoes you use and how you run and how your foot lands and how fast you're running and how often you run that speed. And like, you can change your shoes for different terrain and different speeds that you want to run different weather. So really there's no time frame, which is a perfect didn't help me so much. So I'm going, sure, yeah. so I'm going with, I'm going with the four to 600 kilometer thing. There's also yeah. apps, running apps that you use to track where you can set like I always just assumed when it's asking what shoe it's so that Nike knows what to advertise to you, which mm -hmm. I'm sure that's still part of it, but you can set how long you've been running on that pair of shoes for. So it'll give you a notification and be like, you've run 500 kilometers on these shoes. You should probably change them out. Interesting. Yeah. And then they start advertising to you because they know you need new shoes. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. I've just been walking in my Cortezes and my foot's killing me. Anyways, enough about old people problems. <laughs> Now let's talk about a song that came out in 1993. <laughs> yeah. uh, the first That's song we're talking about this week. There it goes. So the first song we're talking about this week is The Same Mistake from the Loaded for Bear tape. This is Russ and Luke, probably Rich McDermott. There is some weirdness with the lineup as to who was playing in the band versus who recorded this tape. Um, I'm sure that someone from the band remembers, but uh, as far as trying to find it online, there's the varying accounts. Dan, what did you think of the song The Same Mistake? Um, I, I really like that we've been picking like a stretch of demo tracks lately. And I'm wondering if it's just maybe I need to shake the bag a little bit more because they were also at the bottom of the list when uh, when I was cutting up the, the stuff. But uh, it's kind of fun. Like we've done like a substantial amount of like newer stuff, obviously a ton off of Operation Phoenix. Uh, but it goes without saying this is like very different than mm -hmm. all that newer stuff. Um, I don't know. This was all right. It's uh, it's like that big, long, hardcore intro with a small, like one, two count at the beginning, before popping off. Very reminiscent of like the whole youth crew revival that I was really into, but a lot less polished because it's a demo track. And like with the intro, the song, in my opinion, clearly could have and should have been like a track one, not right. like not like side B track one, but like track one because of that intro if it wasn't over four fucking minutes long. This is a long song. Is it four and a half minutes? Looking at the yeah. time codes on, on YouTube, I was like, holy shit. Um, is that the longest Good Riddance song? Just maybe not, probably not. Uh, I feel like there are, there's a really long song on the uh, Santa Cruz hardcore tape as well. <laughs> Fuck, okay. Um, <laughs> like the intro, but like, I don't think like it kind of goes without saying it's my favorite part um then there's like the breakdown part near the end ish that's real fun too um but the intro is like so many good track ones you know and taken back again to like the hall shows that we mentioned either last week or the week before and like people just side to side moshing clearing the pit getting your friends pumped or pissing people off um but i'll refrain from naming bands from that era because i've come to learn that a lot of my favorite bands back then dudes in hardcore bands not always good people a lot of, <laughs> so I don't want to, I don't want to hype up anyone who's been canceled. So I'm not going to fuck that up. Um, right. But it does feel like it's two separate songs too, almost because there's yeah. like that hardcore entrance and then it like, and how like the ending kind of comes around and there's like the melodies and I felt like it really didn't fit and it should have been two separate songs. I double checked mm -hmm. the timestamps. It was like, was the same mistake, just like an intro track with a big uh, like mosh part. And I was like, Oh no, no, it's one song. But the ending slides really nicely into the next song, the whole idea on the track. And that kind of champions the stuff that uh, you've been saying, too. When you listen to the record as a whole, 
some of the stuff isn't as jarring because it slides nicely into the following mm-hmm. jam and stuff. So yeah, I don't yeah. know. It felt, it felt like two separate songs. It felt like a really long song. And uh, but it's I don't know, it's a fun hardcore mosh intro. That was that was fun. No, it's funny. I agree with pretty much everything you were saying there. Like when we talked about basement shows last week, I didn't realize we'd be going into this hall show classic or what I assume was a hall show classic in the Bay Area. Because, yeah, yeah. uh, this song has part of it being four and a half minutes long is that this song has everything. The haunting fade in of the guitar swelling in. um, And then, you know, it, it sounds like at least as cool as if they had just counted in, you know, um, mm-hmm. the actual intro part, like you were saying, makes me think of like space clearing in front of a stage and no one is really going off yet, but there's some motion in the crowd, just people getting amped that tension in the room when the intro, when intros like this work is what maybe I've missed most about live shows. Um, yeah. yeah, it's awesome. The guitar lead over top of it makes this intro a little different from, you know, like, I don't know, the big takeover or whatever other classic hardcore song you want to name. There's a little bit of a gallop in there rhythmically, which sets the same mistake apart as well. So like, even though they're doing something that sounds really familiar, they're doing something a little different with it. And then Mm -hmm. there's another part of this intro where the rhythm of the guitar sort of changes and gives a real riff with some space to breathe. And like, I can imagine Beavis and Butthead being like, like chugging along with it, you know? You know, also, it should come as no surprise that anyone that I fucking loved Beavis and Butthead. And as a kid, I was like, by the time I'm 40, I'm not going to be like this anymore. And here we had news. Yeah. Uh, they're then, remaking. They're remaking it. Anyway. So. Uh, yeah. Every every 10 years or so, they put out another set of episodes because yeah, yeah. whatever. Teenagers are always dumb. Uh, <laughs> then the, the main part of the song starts. And all that space in front of the stage at this theoretical hardcore show fills with swirling frantic kids and ill-fitting shirts and dicky shorts and DC shoes and hats are flying everywhere and kids are grabbing out on stage dives. The room starts to smell weird and bad and it's fucking perfect. The chorus where the gang vocals come in on uh, instructions from traffic lights, which is fucking weird and great and so perfectly early 90s and going back to the verse with the start stop from the beginning is a real nice move the bridge part aside from the production is maybe the only part that gets away or sorry that gives away how early in the career of the band the same mistake is like that's the part that i think i think sounds like the least sort of exciting and good riddance the vocal rhythm changes and follows the bass a little too closely at that point and that's where it's like it's just like that, 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 like mm. it's too obvious, you know, um, the part after the bridge, the second bridge, I guess, um, <laughs> maybe, maybe I should have talked with Wu about this. He actually understands music. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe I should have spent any time at all learning about music instead of just records. Dan, do you feel like you're the sort of guy that's made the same mistake? The mistake of learning about records instead of music. <laughs> Yes, also that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, the the second bridge is the same chord progression as the intro. So they sort of come back to it and it's played just a little differently. You know, some more starts and stops and then the whole thing ends on a bunch of whoa, whoa, whoa's. And Mm -hmm. my 14 year old self is about as happy as he's ever been with how this song went. Uh, Obviously live, I probably wouldn't notice that it's a four and a half minute long song. Sure. but, But like picturing this as a hall show song would be so fun. Well, you painted such a beautiful picture that brought me right back into that nostalgic thing. Like, even though, this, like, listening to it, 
took me back. Like you're just like oversized or ill-fitting shirts and dicky shorts and like skate shoes and hats flying everywhere and bad smells. I was like, yeah, that's what's yeah. up. That's what's up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, like rose-colored glasses, obviously, in hindsight, you know, there's a lot of shit that was going on, but yeah, looking back. Is it, is it not also like I I feel like we could talk about this on a good riddance podcast. It's not also stupid that that's what we're excited about and that's what we want to remember from the shows, but really there's, you know, some girl that doesn't want to make out with you and that's why you're so upset and throwing your shoes and smashing into people. <laughs> I <laughs> Yeah, I I, <laughs> I don't yeah, think you're that busted, was ever Dan, you're busted. I know, no, I was, I'm laughing because that's, I could see that with my my comment earlier about how a lot of hardcore dudes were kind of like shitty. Um, I can honestly say, I don't think that's ever why I was moshing, but who knows what my teenage frustration was really coming from. Who knows? Who and like, knows? you know, stuff gets buried in there and it comes out in weird ways. Of course, of course. The, the, yeah, that's that's why I was laughing. I was like, oh, I don't think that was the case, but shit. Who song two this week is years from now uh it is the last song on ballads from the revolution it's russ luke sean and chuck then you probably are at least vaguely familiar with this one right by name only um right uh also did not even realize it was uh a closing track which i thought yeah i don't know anyways uh yeah that's that that was weird to me it didn't feel like a closing track but also it also does make sense. But um, there was a band from Florida um, called Years From Now. Uh, and my buddy had a record label and put them out. And so I got copies of the records and stuff. And I can totally see why they took this song as their name or for their name. Because the song fucking rips. Like, this is a, yep. this is a good song. This is like, this song rips. Um, and then again, hindsight being 2020, um, kind of forgot that there was a, song called years from now and only when i was listening to it making my notes like two days ago that i was like oh yeah i should have reached out to the band <laughs> named years from now but i mean i don't know what they've been this is like 2007 like, this is like 15 years ago i don't even know if i still have any of their contacts or if they're still accurate but um in any events um you can totally hear the good riddance influence in their music 100 percent. and then the label that ran it like their band make or break also sounded like just a more polished version of this song too so right. i guess like that you know again 15 years ago i'm gonna these are the songs i was like oh i'm gonna put these on the playlist because uh they're they're fun to listen to other than that just like while googling around the song is obviously way better than the dr hook song of the same name uh dr hook had their moments whatever that's fine okay so um i was what interested in what you would say to that because is there a dr hook song that's even good other than cover of the rolling stone which i might only like for a nostalgic inside joke yeah uh i mean whatever man dr hook i mean <laughs> considering that they got huge off of what is essentially a novelty song it's easy to overlook yeah. them but like they weren't doing of all the music being made in the mid seventies, that was real bad. Doctor Hooks was music was just like 
medium bad. Fair. Like at least That's it fair. isn't, at least it's not like wallpaper, you know, at least it's not like you can't ignore Dr. Hook songs. Cause there's actually something happening, you know, when, you know, when shit like the Eagles and Fleetwood Mac are playing and it just sounds like actual audio wallpaper, like with nothing punching out at all, no emotion, no soul, no guts. The production is made to sound like you're listening to it through a fucking wall. And then you hear Dr. Hook. It's like, yeah, okay. Dr. Hook actually has songs. Great. That's that's fair. I'll, I'll, I'll take that. I'll, yeah. Hot take on Fleetwood Mac though, but uh, fucking that's hate fair. Fleetwood Mac, dude. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 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 Back, back to good riddance. Yeah. This song fucking rips. You know, it's, it's a good one. I really like this song. Uh, lyrically, it's just as good too. Like musically, I'm like, fuck yeah, this is good. And then lyrically hits all the right spots. It's a great hardcore song. I like about, you know, quote, quote, dick quote, uh, still being here, you know, yeah. uh, like nothing lasts forever, but we do like make the most of these connections or sorry, nothing lasts forever, but do we make the most of the connections and relationships we have like scene related or otherwise, like this is something I personally, when I was listening to the song over and over again, I was like, that's something I should probably do better is, uh, you know, make sure that I'm making the most of these contacts and relationships and stuff I have not in like a userish way, but in a, a nurturing way of, just being a, a always doing better, you know, back to that thing. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes uh, I love running into some people I haven't seen in a while and like revisiting pseudo glory days, but like f- they feel like yesterday, but they were so long ago. Like when you talk about touring with protest, how long ago yeah, was that? That was like 17 years ago. That's what I, so yeah, around the same time is like when I'm yeah. running around with like outnumbered and I still talk about some of those shows like they were yesterday. And yeah. they were not. But anyways, no. I digress. The song mentions like people growing apart. We've all like been through that. And um, like for for me, I've had it like a ton because not only the people I grew up with, not only have most of them kind of grown out of their teenage punk phase, but like I moved cities. I don't keep in touch with anyone from high school. I was thinking I could probably count on one hand, but I think the number is actually zero. Like yeah. I don't think I keep in touch with like anyone from my past Oh yeah, good riddance. Song fucking rips. This, <laughs> you know, it's uh, as much as I kind of want to. It brings me on tangents about like still being into punk and hardcore and being positive and nurturing relationships. But yeah, people grow apart. This song is fucking cool. There's a sample at the end. I have no idea what it's from. I figure that that's on your notes or in your notes. And uh, yeah, this song fucking rips. <laughs> that's that's my. It's a good one. It's 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 oh. probably one of the like just the better surprise tracks of like whoa okay. Yeah, this song is awesome. Uh, before actually getting into years from now, uh, like it's such a cool song. And again, to have at the end of it, at the end of the record, Bows from the Revolution. So like there's a few reasons that I think it's really cool to have this song at the end of it. The song is a great indicator of the ferociousness that the band is capable of. And anyone that heard years from now, actually anyone that maybe wasn't super into the band or maybe like wasn't right on top of it as it was all coming out. But someone that maybe just started listening to this podcast, let's say decided that they were just going to dig into the band and set up like a Spotify playlist where they just play through albums in chronological order. You hear years from now. And then immediately afterwards, operation Phoenix plays. And all of a sudden the jump to the sound on operation Phoenix doesn't seem like such a jump as we've talked about before, how Operation Phoenix stands out so much Mm -hmm. as being a specific Good Riddance album. But if you go straight from years from now into Operation Phoenix, it makes perfect sense. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, yeah, that's. I'm gonna try that out later. Sorry. Yeah, and and like yeah, and we've talked about thematically how ballads is you know kind of the up and down of it, and ending it on years from now, uh, like definitely one of the one of the tougher songs makes that you know the transition to operation phoenix a little more logical and then the second reason that i think it's cool that they ended it is years from now really drives home like you're saying the point that russ made in the essay that was in the cd liner notes but for whatever reason is not in my pressing of the actual uh the vinyl liner notes which i think is weird and i know i've read it on the pod before but you know what i'm gonna read it again to provide context everyone loves when although the word revolution often conjures up stark images of fierce rebellion and violent dogmatic clashes between oppressor and oppressed, it is, I believe, in reality, practiced on a much more personal level, at least in the context of one's involvement in the punk and hardcore scene. As humanity races inexorably towards a new century in punk, as a relevant social movement winds down its second decade, I find myself wrestling with the inevitable hardships inherent in remaining steadfast in my ideals at a time when adherence to these principles is frowned upon by others my age. As someone who has invested close to 15 years in this lifestyle, I can attest that being punk at 29 is different than being punk at 17. In today's world of alienation, avarice, and despair, it seems to be increasingly tempting for us to throw up our hands, overwhelmed by it all, and admit defeat, submitting ourselves grimly to whatever fate the powers that have the powers that be have in store for us as we grow older the pull to somehow conform to normalize to quote unquote outgrow punk and hardcore becomes quite strong i've watched more than a few friends who once claimed they would never sell out trade in their spikes and crass lps for a more acceptable existence only by constantly reinventing my own personal definition of revolution have I survived to fight another day. I still believe that we can change the world, but I'm convinced that this battle will be won or lost on a more personal front, depending on our ability to change and evolve as people to experience our own inner revolution. This might in turn affect those around us, the communities we live in, and ideally the world. It's from this more practical revolt that this collection of songs is born from such revolutionary notions as the belief that we are all intrinsically linked together, that we must treat those with whom we share this fragile planet with benevolence and compassion from the idea that we can affect more positive changes in uniting in common purpose than by dividing in hatred, and that to the extent that we value and nurture our own interpersonal relationships, will we invariably enrich our own lives and those around us. The real revolution lies in questioning the once unquestionable blind acceptance of somebody else's status quo and the age old idea that we can't make a difference will be our downfall if we let it. We must never stop trying to better ourselves and the world around us remember that in a revolution of ideologies, there can be no more potent weapon than the combination of values, sincerity, and conviction. And I feel like that essay leads to everything that is covered in the song years from now. Yeah. And that really just made me realize that maybe I had one too many sips of Jameson while writing my notes because I was all over the place. <laughs> yeah. And like, I was like, oh, that was so nice and concise. And I was like, this song rips. Makes me think of people I don't talk to anymore. Yeah, this song rips. <laughs> <laughs> 
but yeah, the the part in that essay that I think ties to the song most is about the friends that sold their crass LPs. And by the way, if anyone is selling their crass LPs, uh, let me know, especially Penis Envy. I don't have a copy of it and I would like one. Just, you know, just let me know. And how maybe as we grow up, we lose touch with friends who once stood so steadfast in the same beliefs. Um, like you were saying, you know, I think there's like more important though, is that the song asks you to think about what you and those friends actually accomplished. Like what mark did you make? What did you, what are you leaving the world or the scene or whatever? Are you leaving it better than you found it? And did those relationships that you made along the way benefit those involved? And even though Russ, who in the liner notes is listed as high school dropout and straight edge dork, even though Russ wrote this song when he was 10 years younger than I am now, well, more than 10, 11 years younger than I am now, uh, questions like that always sit in the back of my mind. And by keeping them there, it sort of influences me in how I get through my everyday life now. You know, relationship notes, like relationships that are still growing. You know, I hope the stuff that I'm doing now does matter years from now. And on a lighter note, <laughs> the clip at the end is lifted from the end of a Manowar album or the end of a Manowar track rather called The Warrior's Prayer. So oh. we've met, we've mentioned Manowar on the show before because they fucking rock. Uh, if you don't know, these dudes wore loincloth and played power metal uh, through like they put out an album. They still put out albums. I think uh, they sing songs about, you know, swords and dragons. And in this case, the metal kings the thing is the warrior's prayer isn't a song it's a four and a half minute long story on the man of war album kings of metal uh and it was a thing in the late 90s like sort of between grunge and new metal a lot of punk bands and like you hear it a lot uh especially the bands like pop punk bands that were on fat and epitaph and whatnot they would sort of flirt with metal as a kind of joke mm -hmm. but then but then the thing that happened was that it didn't take long for everyone to realize that bands like Manowar actually fucking rule. Uh, and then 10 years later, you have the dudes from, you know, no warning playing in an LA gun style band. So like the connections yeah. to like people appreciating metal, whether it is cheesy power metal or not, it's just like, it's not that far of a leap. Um, and there's a reason why people who are into extreme forms of music end up getting along and things like rap metal happen. And it's because you're into extremes, even if you're not into, the thing specifically anyway so yeah that uh the warrior's prayer from a man of war album it's amazing it's like you know a soundtrack of horses and wind and lightning crashes and shit <laughs> it's fucking awesome that's awesome yeah it's pretty amazing anyway so yeah years from now killer track we both love it <laughs> yeah that was really good like it's yeah it's again i've been familiar of it because of the band kind of that i knew they were named after that good written song but i'd never in my memory had taken that song in and uh, yeah, that's on fucking rips. <laughs> you now, know. I got, now I gotta hunt down the band years from now. Lots of friends, going apart. When you hear this song, you'll know it comes straight from the heart. Grandfather? Yes? Who were those four men? Who were they? They were the Metal Kings. I bet put down, they pushed around, but they won't break me. Song number three is Libertine from Symptoms of a Leveling Spirit. This is Russ, Luke, Chuck, and Dave Wagonshoots. Dan, did you know this one? I did not know this one. I'm going to assume that you had a preconceived notion about what I was going to think about this one. 
I have preconceived notions about everything, but I try not to follow them because that's how you lead yourself <laughs> to disappointment. Oof, dark. Um, okay, hear me out. Are you ready? Yeah. This song also fucking rips. Like this yeah, is this song does. Rip. This yeah. is a really <laughs> yeah. good one. Uh, there's uh, there's big <laughs> there's big like Yemen vibes. Um, I feel like it's like a wonderful like hybrid mix of Lifetime and Kid Dynamite. Uh, and obviously a big part of that too is you got the wags beating those skins, you know, to really bring that vibe through as well. I also really am mad at myself that I just said that the wags beating those skins, but Hey, well, you know, it's, it's on tape and I'm not editing it out. So That's there you go. Shit. Uh, so like I, I listened to like this song came on. Uh, this was like the song of the week for me where I listened to multiple times, like more so like years from now, I listened to a lot. Um, same mistake. I made, I listened to it uh, twice, but like I Libertine, I was listening to it and I could just hear it. And similar to the, the lovely picture you were painting about um, hall shows, I hear this and I'm taken into walking, walking, walking uh, into a room full of strangers that are going to be my best friends in Gainesville, Florida. And all of a sudden everyone rushes to the front to dance and sing along not even necessarily for a good written song, but just like in general, it's like all these people kind of just went into this small Gainesville bar at fest. It's like, Oh, Hey, none of us know each other, but we all love band so-and-so on stage. And all of a sudden everyone's arm in arms, cheers and beverages and singing along. And that's the vibe I get from this song. Yeah. And I mean like, and how good is that little riff after the pseudo acapella part? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yes. Chef's kiss on that one. That's like that riff is just gold. It felt so good. And I wrote this love letter even before diving into the lyrics, which are again also fantastic. It's like another beautiful love song about still being into punk and hardcore. Similar to years from now, but less dark, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. It's less, just, less, more, of, it, less of like a cautionary tale and more of a celebration. There, yes, there we go. That's perfect. Thank you. Um, like having that like music scene in your darkest days to help you like get by. I like we've talked about this before. And like it's so dumb and cliche for me to say something like punk rock saved my life. But I'm also dumb and cliche. So yeah, sure. <laughs> for, for whatever that's worth. Um, and like even, you know, similarly in our tattoo episode uh, on Patreon, patreon.com slash last believer pod. Um, I talk about the junior battle tattoo that I have. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is funny because Sam was just texting me about something else, but I digress. <laughs> Name drop. Um, and um, it's it's a cassette, you know, if our listeners even know what cassettes are at this point, but the banner says Never Alone. It's inspired by their song, um, Ever Get the Feeling You've Been Cheated, which basically has the line, like, keep a tape deck running next to our bed so we're never alone, never alone in our room, which gives me the same kind of vibes that this song does. It's kind of mm-hmm. like, has like the positive scene of, punk and hardcore like with the music and the uplifting lyrics and just having something you can always count on uh libertine gives me those exact same vibes i love it it's a jam music is life yes (laughs) that's right (laughs) um but before i hand off to you though um not fully related to uh good riddance but to what i was just talking about do you do you know the reference of that junior battles song title what, you ever feel like you've been cheated? That's the last yeah. thing Johnny Rotten said on stage as a sex pistol at yeah. the Winterland Ballroom in San Francisco in 1978. And this is why we do a podcast about punk together. 
yeah um but the but the other the thing about that is that first of all he said it at the end of a stooges cover and secondly later in interviews he would talk about how he wasn't saying it to the crowd who probably felt like they'd been cheated because however much the concert cost which probably at that point was like six dollars but <laughs> right um but uh but uh he, when he was saying do you ever feel like you've been cheated it was that it, you know it was him directing that towards himself and how he was treated by malcolm mclaren yes, not 100%. so much not so much the people in the audience who you know, the members of the Avengers and, you know, uh, Dead Kennedys and whoever happened to be there. Yeah, yeah. Probably it's also felt cheated. Because of how Malcolm McLaren, yeah, 100%. Yep. Okay, yes. Yes, this, and this yes is, definitely. This is why we do the pod together. Okay, perfect. Well, it's also, I, it's also cool. And like, big shout out to Sam, who is, I, I don't know, I like, he's definitely like four or five years younger than me. I think he's a year or two younger than you are. Yeah. But Sam has gone out of his way to... Like he he has taken researching punk and various aspects of punk to levels that like I am too ADHD to really do. And it's really cool the amount of stuff that Sam has uncovered. And even though the ever feel like you've been cheated thing is maybe like the first thing you learn about punk, it's in every fucking punk documentary. Uh, it is cool that Sam would involve that quote on his pop punk band. 40 years later or whatever for sure for sure yeah, yeah. i was actually watching yeah. a punk documentary when i hurt my foot on friday and mm. it was like a four-part documentary that uh oh john varvato's one uh is the one that iggy pop produced or whatever yeah 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 that yeah, one, yeah 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 and that's it was like it and it was kind of like just watching all that old footage again and being like yeah this is the yeah. best <laughs> like yeah all right so dan the song yeah. libertine it's funny all those things that you said about it because dan uh Fuck this song. There it is. <laughs> uh, the definition of a libertine is someone that uh, frequently like uh, indulges in sensual pleasures without any regard to moral principles. And with all the pleasure that we get from music, it makes sense that libertine is the title of the song. Mm-hmm. Uh, while other bands and songwriters have written songs about the power of music and the joy derived from dedicating your life to it, in a melodic punk context, Libertine is like maybe the best one. I would say that it's even narrowly better than uh, The Bangers Embrace. Uh, Henry Rollins has a quote out there. You know, you see it in meme form, like everything Henry Rollins has ever said. Um, <laughs> In the end, you can only trust yourself in the first four Black Sabbath albums, which, first of all, is true. But the way that Russ addresses the same idea in Libertine, it's less funny, but sort of more relatable. Um, Like, how many times have you felt like shit? And no matter who you talk to or what you try to do, everyone just says stuff that you don't want to hear or need to hear. Or you try and go do a thing and you can't, you know, you get a flat tire on your bike or, Mm -hmm. you know, the noodles that you wanted from whatever restaurant the restaurant's closed uh but then you put on headphones and for you like i'm sure it's lifetime or something and then uh, you know all of a sudden (laughs) everything doesn't feel so bad uh people will let you down but your favorite song won't i'm uh nine years older now than russ was when he wrote this song (laughs) or when it came out and uh i i still look for new extreme music all the time which if you like grind it all <laughs> and you're not already into regional justice center, then, you know, the new LP is killer. You got to keep looking for new music and yeah. that feeling of finding new music, whether it's regional justice center or Adele doing make you love me, you know, when music hits you, it's the best fucking feeling in the world. 100%. The music in the song Libertine fucking hits. 
The rising chords mirrored by the vocals create a tension over the top of fast as hell drums. Um, the way Dave Wagon shoots has those shots and those rolls in, in the verse, you know, it's like impressive, but not flashy. Uh, Good riddance is so fucking in on this song. Uh, and that makes sense. The song is lyrically about being in, you know, mm -hmm. the line, you know, there's a, there's a part of you and all I've done really demonstrates that in the song while the music is also mirroring that idea. Um, and you can tell that the people playing this and the way it's performed have led lives that like you, they, you have to believe it to play a song that sounds this fucking good, you know, and this is on their fifth full length, mm -hmm. you know, they've already been a band for a long time at this point. Mm -hmm. So even at the bridge of the song, which when you know your fan base is made up of a percentage of kind of bros and a percentage of, you know, moshy hardcore kids and, you know, then a percentage of pop punk kids, this bridge is like pretty, you know, it's slow and it's melodic and it's emotionally resonant. And we talk a lot about how Russ writes awesome love songs. And here we have one of his best love songs and it's about fucking music. Like, you know what? I just thought of it. The only other song that I think is a romantic song this good that's about music is Radio by Rancid. So like, Oof. So okay. like if you, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know why you listen to this podcast if you don't agree with that song being basically the best, but yeah, Libertine yeah. by Good Riddance is basically on the same level as Radio by Rancid. I said it. Uh, and that should tell you everything you need to know about this podcast. Yeah, that's awesome. I This song and years from now are just on like the outside looking in of the top 10, but I'm pretty sure that they might make it. It's funny because I have more than 10 songs on the outside looking in. Yeah, but, of uh, course. So yeah, kind of quiz-ish, not quiz-ish related, but uh, as in lieu of a user question, you had mentioned something yeah. about um, uh, popping your phones in and just your favorite song won't let you down, which... Yeah. A plus, very well said. Uh, I feel you. the exact same way. Off the top of your head, do you have like five go-to tracks that you would uh, that you would put on that for that well, to make the make feel good vibes? Well, yeah, uh, Punk and Drublick is a good one. Just the album. Um, okay. I made a playlist. We mentioned a few weeks ago how I went to see the last Slayer show ever. I made a playlist that was their set list from that night. Okay. Uh, so it's in that order as well. Um, oh, nice. Th yeah, those are two big ones. Obviously, Operation Phoenix. Uh, no Control by Bad Religion is one that I definitely put on. Not the song necessarily, but the album. Because it's catchy and it's fast and it's melodic enough that you're singing along. But it is also, the entire album is about how you don't fucking matter. So if you're in a bad mood and you listen to, do to No Control, it's just like, yeah, you might be in a bad mood about stuff. But guess what? It doesn't fucking matter. You are insignificant speck on a lonely has-been planet orbited mm -hmm. by a cold indifferent sun. Uh, so uh, I really like, it's funny to think of a super depressing lyrically, lyrically depressing album being the thing to listen to, to cheer you up. But I definitely yeah. do that. Yeah. Uh, what cool. about you? Um, Was I right? Was it Lifetime? Is it Airport Monday Morning by Lifetime? No. So in turn, okay, I'm instead of like album because now I'm thinking albums. Um, but in terms of like just songs that I will search out for, um, that will always put me in a good mood. Um, Dead to Me, Los Angeles, or I mm -hmm. Want to Die in Los Angeles. That song's mm -hmm. fucking super sick. 
smoker fire melatonin that's always a good one that gets me into a good a good spot yeah um gin blossoms hey jealousy is wow one of my favorite all-time songs okay it always puts me in a good mood i was sitting in a local bar here just kind of supporting now that they're open on saturday Mm-hmm. And I was getting ready to leave and the playlist automatically or not randomly played Hey Jealousy. And I was like, well, I'm going to stay here for a little bit. Um, Jesus. Uh, two more songs, hey? Uh, dang. Oh, you know what? All my best friends are metalheads. Less than Jake. That always puts a smile on my face. Okay. <laughs> and uh, another song that I always just love is... Um, scratch the surface sick of it all that always puts me in a good mood too yeah sure yeah that was harder than i thought because i started thinking songs then you started saying records and i was like oh shit records and i was like i'm gonna stick to songs because records is gonna be too obvious because it is gonna be it's gonna be your jersey's best dancers and your whatever but the songs i think kind of throw you for a a loop there because they're not stuff that i would normally listen to right wait that's not true they're not, but you know what I mean. They're not. Uh, yeah, yeah. They're not the cliche things that people assume I listen to. Should we pick next week's songs? I think that's. I think that's what we're in. Is that in, the part uh, of the show we're at? In the mood for? Fuck! All I'm right. losing my mind. See this. So this is what happens because we're recording a little bit earlier. So you're getting me like brain dead from work and trying to catch up. But we usually, but we started and I was still on a roll and now I'm deteriorating fast. All right, let's okay. pick these songs. Get so out of here. The hot, the hot diggity, hot diggity apparel bag. The hot diggity bag. All right. Ooh, from the split with Kill Your Idols, we're going to be doing Judas and the Morning After Pill. Fuck yes. Uh, right on. What's next? The next one is... Oh, another symptoms of a leveling spirit jam. We're going to be doing yesterday's headlines. Oh, that's a big one. That was the single. Is it? Yeah. All right. And last and certainly not least, or maybe least, who knows? <laughs> it's a cover. Can you guess what cover it is? Actually, they've no. done a lot of covers. Uh, it's off forgot- like- It's Forgotten Country. It is Melt With You. Oh, yeah, sure. The modern English cover. Yeah, that's actually, yeah. that's a song that I've listened to in a nauseating amount of time. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I lo- I used How to many... love covers, and that was, that's a really good one. How many times does it take to make you nauseous? <laughs> 1,400, 1,500, yeah, maybe. If people want to write to us or comment on this episode about uh, what songs they put on whenever they're, they're grouchy and don't want to feel grouchy anymore, how do they do it? Well, they should um, jump in those Instagram DMs at Last Believer Pod. Um, if you want to mo- write more of an essay as to why they don't uh, make you grouchy anymore or more of a long form message, uh, shoot us an email at uh, lastbeliever at gmail.com. Or if um, you want to send us a suggestion on something we should do about playlists of posy songs that make us not grouchy, jump on the old Patreon, help us cover a cost and send that in there. And then maybe we'll make a nice little uh, project just for you on there. And I want to say, uh, I know not everyone that listens to this podcast involves themselves in social media, so they might not have seen. I was uh, fortunate enough to be invited to the family cast with our friend Josh uh, over at his podcast where we talked about not only the Last Believer podcast, but uh, the Bartender Atlas, which is the company that my wife and I run together. And Josh's podcast is entirely about food and music. And uh, so he covered off both 
aspects of my life that I deal with those two things. Um, so check out the family cast episode. I can't remember what number it is, but if you look, I think it's number 28. Maybe if you look, you will see my name, Josh Lindley on the family cast. And thanks again to Josh for always supporting our show. Uh, even if it means having to listen to me talk about, you know, what kind of wine high on fire is or don't be so know, don't be so self-deprecating it was a great episode i listened to it uh, today you were very nice on it thank you i appreciate that uh i also always want to thank the guys in good riddance the band for uh being cool with us doing this uh even if like it just just not telling us to stop is is pretty great thanks to fat records of course for the same thing Next week, we'll be back. We'll talk about Judas in the morning after Bill. We'll talk about yesterday's headlines, and we will talk about Melt With You. It's going to be fun. It could be It could be a champagne jam. Did my voice just break there? Yup! <laughs> I-